Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth. And this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Katarina Schneider, founder and CEO of Ritual, a personal health brand bringing a new level of transparency to the health and wellness industry. While pregnant and in search of prenatal she could not trust, Katarina took matters into her own hands and pioneered a new standard of high-quality multivitamins and supplements that are backed by science and made traceable, openly sharing the science and sourcing. Now as one of the most trusted brands in the category and one of the few supplement companies to be a certified B Corp, Ritual is the top-selling online prenatal multivitamin. In this episode, we dive into Katarina's story of what led her to start Ritual, beginning with her holistic upbringing, being born in the Ukraine, along with her early careers in investment banking and at Universal Music. We chat about how Ritual is transforming the industry with better traceable ingredients, the lack of transparency in the industry, as well as the lack of rules surrounding supplementing, and what we should look out for when purchasing supplements. Katarina shares some of her key learnings as a successful founder and CEO, along with her approach to brand building and feeling her absolute best. It was so great to connect with Katarina. Keep listening to learn more. If you haven't had the chance to try our grain-free granolas yet, head on over to Walmart to now find them in the gluten-free healthy living aisle and select Walmart locations. Our grain-free granolas have crunchy clusters of nuts, superfood seeds, and creamy nut butters, all baked with organic coconut oil and sweetened with coconut sugar. They are gluten-free, paleo, and keto certified. Use the link in the notes section to find Purely Elizabeth products at a Walmart store near you. Katarina, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for this conversation today. As I said, I'm such a huge fan of your brand, the company you have built, and just can't wait to hear your story and pick your brain. Thanks. I'm excited to have a conversation. I'm a huge fan as well, so it's exciting. So let's start with your personal wellness journey, really what led you to start Ritual. But first, like, were you always into health and wellness? What's kind of that background for you? I hate to say it, but I've always been into health and wellness. Um, <laughs> I was, I think I, we were just chatting. I was born in Ukraine and we were immigrants and refugees and moved to a welfare hotel in Brooklyn. And I always grew up with kind of holistic healing and holistic medicine at kind of the forefront. You know, my parents went in and, in and out of things like Ayurveda, or we had a Norman Walker juice press <laughs> growing up. And there were always kind of like alternative ways to to heal yourself growing up and and so I, I grew up in what is I think trendy wellness world right now um when I was in my early teens and then was that something that they had learned in Ukraine or that they had learned here Ukraine I I think you know it was they didn't have very much money and so it was always just kind of figuring out how to how to like not go to the doctor or how to you know, not get sick and, and, and just, you know, you put a little bit of this and a little bit of that, or you make this little broth for <laughs> for this wart, you know, and I always just grew up with that. And I was like, no, 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 never take Tylenol, never, never do these things. And I would say that I'm actually somewhere in between. I, I am not that extreme, but it definitely had an impact on how I saw the world of health and wellness. And 
It's really interesting because I, I think what I'm seeing now in that space are a lot of trends or things that I kind of experienced when I was really young. And ultimately, my mom actually ended up getting breast cancer when I was pretty young. And that had a had a really big impact on how I saw the world. And I kind of just followed her into this holistic world. And I started doing a blood type diet <laughs> very early on. I started doing therapy and just so many different things. So I was exposed to a lot of kind of this more alternative wellness world as a kid. And then I just became curious and skeptical and even more scientific and and started to kind of blend those two worlds together. And then I got pregnant and everything, everything changed. (laughs) So before starting Ritual, what were you doing in your career? Before starting Ritual, I was running an investment fund here in LA for Troy Carter, who was Lady Gaga's manager at the time. And he'd invested in over 70 companies, everything from Uber, Dropbox, Warby Parker, Spotify. And I was managing this fund for him and and meeting with such incredible founders and, and CEOs and also partnering with him on things like more branded worlds for artists. Um, and so it was really interesting because I always knew that I wanted to be a founder, but I never had that inspiration or or idea that just kept me up at night. And when I was pregnant working with him, that's when things kind of started to change. So coming out of school, were you always in the investment world or was that your first foray into that sector? Yeah. If you like look at my career, you would think I'm like 65 years old. (laughs) Because I just did so many different things, but I was never doing anything for a very long time, which is kind of the millennial way anyway, (laughs) unfortunately. But I started off actually as an investment banker at Lehman Brothers uh, doing M&A for gaming and lodging companies. And that's what actually made me move out to LA because it was between Vegas and Singapore, Macau. And it was really interesting. It was probably the hardest work I've ever done, 100 plus hours a week. And then it was the biggest bank failure in history when Lehman collapsed. And I was I was fresh out of college, only two years. Eye-opening experience, like never saw the world the same way and saw these, you know, people incredibly over-leverage themselves and just like imparted on me the idea of staying humble and being incredibly humble in life. So it was shocking to have that as your first job out of school yeah. or wow, you know, overnight base, but you're part of this huge bank failure, all the, you know, I had to go pack up my little tiny analyst desk (laughs) and, you know, lose your, you lose your job. That was actually a blessing for my life because I wasn't meant to be an investment banker. I was pretty bad at it because I was (laughs) (laughs) so structured. I, I think I enjoyed more like putting the decks together so I could edit the fonts and put a little create creative spin to them. And and that's like not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be in Excel all day. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this isn't, this is not what I love doing. And it was, but it was a really good, it was a really good training ground. It, and it taught me incredible work ethic. It taught me to not be afraid to talk to 
senior leaders or CEOs of companies at a, you know, when I was 20 years <laughs> or 21 years old. So it kind of exposed me to the world pretty early on. Then I worked at a startup doing strategy and operations. And then I kind of got my big break in a way working for the CEO of Universal Music. And at the time he was looking for a right hand on someone who had a, a kind of a mathematical mind or background to essentially the first deal that I worked on with Spotify helped bring Spotify to the US and understand the difference of the impact that that would have on the music industry. Universal was the largest record company in the world. And they were trying to decide if Spotify would cannibalize iTunes sales or not. And it was really an interesting work and ultimately helped kind of champion bringing Spotify to the US, which I had, think had a really positive impact on the overall music industry. But that was my big break, like just being around major media and technology CEOs in the world and and artists and creatives and everything and got so much exposure in that in that one role. And then ultimately I met Troy, who was this Lady Gaga's manager at the time, but he had this really futuristic media company and saw music beyond just artist management, but really creating 360 experiences around artists and how to fund and jump ship and work for him and then got pregnant start ritual. So kind of, as I said, I feel like I'm like 65, but I'm not. Well, I love that you had so many different experiences. I think it's such a great lesson for people who are coming out of college or going into college and stressed about what they're going to do. I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday whose kid was in high school and they were like stressing that they didn't know what they they were stressed that they didn't know what they wanted to do yet when they got out of college. And I was like, you have so much time to figure that out. And so there's so many paths that you can take and they're all learning lessons on that path. Yeah. I mean, if you told me, if you asked me like 10 years ago, if I was going to start a vitamin company, I would have said, absolutely not like that. Right. <laughs> you know, and I start and I, I studied math in college. I don't know what you studied, but I studied marketing. So that's helpful. Right. Somewhat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for you, out of all of those experiences and being surrounded by such amazing CEOs and, and thought leaders, what would you say, is there anything that's like really stuck out that you took from those lessons that you took to starting your company and that you're like, I absolutely want to do X, Y, and Z? There were a couple lessons. One is, is like, you can do it. I, I think I was definitely predominantly around like male energy and lots of male CEOs and at times was in, where it was a little bit intimidated. Like, can I do this too? I'm, you know, and, and, and also in the industries that I worked in were predominantly men as well. And I, I at times I questioned myself, but I, I often got to know these CEOs on a human level as well. And I was like, you know, these are just people and I can do this. I can do this too. The other part was like, it is, especially the early stages of starting the business is how important storytelling is. And, and how important storytelling is to raising your first round to how important storytelling is to inspiring your team or continuing to inspire your team. And it's not enough to just have an idea, but like you have to be deeply committed, invested in it and understand like what it has, what it has to do with your sole purpose. And that was not lost on me because I, I had seen so many you know, to the point where I would see, you know, 20 pitches a day or something or decks on businesses that were interesting. And, and you wanted to see ones that were st that stood out. And, and what stood out to me was 
was were interesting stories and like and the idea that this founder was uniquely positioned to do this in the world and better than anyone else. And so like I kind of knew what clicked for me when I was when I was assessing businesses and I'm like, oh, it has to click. Everything has to click for me to to start this. So let's go into then what clicks. So for you, you got pregnant and then what were the pieces that had to come together in order to come up with the idea of ritual? Yeah, so many, so so many pieces. I've always been skeptical of the world. I've always been skeptical of ingredients. I've always been obviously passionate about health and wellness, but nothing kind of pushed me over the edge like pregnancy did because it was no longer just about what I was putting in my body, but how it was impacting future generations. And I think that had a probably the most profound impact on me to and pushed me over the edge to to start this company because I couldn't find something I trusted. And I knew that all of us deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why. And it led me into so many different paths. And, you know, we now have a team of over 20 scientists that led me to invest in human clinical studies with major universities and, and create traceable supply chains so people can see where their omega-3s are coming from Nova Scotia, from a company called Algorithm, or D3 is from wild harvested lichen, from Vitashine. And I think similar to you, like you, it, with food, it's just so important and a little bit easier sometimes to know where things come from. And at the time, I'm, I'm a very big foodie. I love food so much. I, I love cooking and I'm really passionate about it. But I was like, why can I know where, you know, my oats are coming from? But I have no idea where the D3 that I'm putting in my body for my pregnancy every day is coming from or, or the folate. Like, why isn't, and, and it's so hard to find out. Why, why is that? Why is that not possible? Yeah, it's it's so different in the supplement industry than food. So where is the industry today? Have things changed since when you launched or has it really still been the same? And maybe before we get there, like for people who don't know, like you are all about transparency, showing where your ingredients come from. But what are some of the big watch outs that maybe if people don't realize what's in supplements and and that start maybe there first and then kind of where the industry is. Yeah. And I think, and I, I can kind of even just try to combine those answers in, in a way because they make, they make a lot of sense, but the industry has grown from 4,000 to 90,000 supplements in 30 wow. years. Yeah. It's crazy. That's insane. There haven't been major updates to that regulation that was established. And I think that's telling and it's exploded, but I would say it hasn't changed as much. And in some ways, it's it's really a big part of what the next chapter for ritual in, in terms of advocacy and working with Congress to empower the FDA to have even more oversight. It's something that I think they want as well. But there's two areas that are interesting for us there, which one is is um more regulation around the the term clinically studied, it's often misused. You know, you can have products that have clinically, they'll say they're clinically studied, but they don't actually have a clinical study on the products and the ingredients are not in the dosages found in the clinical study. So it's very confusing. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So it's starting to mean nothing, which is sad because it's an important one because it really corresponds to efficacy. And then the second thing that we're really pushing for are health protective measures when it comes to heavy metals. So heavy metals are a really big 
issue in the industry where you have, you know, ingredients and products where there's such high concentration of things that are grown overseas and anything similar to food in a lot of ways, but there are no health protective measures in the industry. And, and one thing that we've done that hopefully sets a new standard for the industry. And, and I hope other brands follow is we've actually listed our heavy metal results for our protein powders online. So you can look up the batch and then in the lot and see the heavy metal results and which is plant-based proteins and have are notoriously high in heavy metals. And people don't realize that they think they're doing something great for their health and their body by, you know, drinking that plant-based protein, protein smoothie, but that, that definitely is a watch out. And that's something that, you know, I think going back to your point, like what could consumers do better? It, it's almost like you have to be your own advocate when it comes to safety and efficacy and, and question everything and, and, companies may not do that for you. And so some things that I, I think are good to like look for in general are third-party verification, third-party testing. So certifications are always really great because it's not like just take our word for it here. We've actually third-party verified this. Is there a certain third-party verification to look for? Yeah. I mean, one of, one of my favorites, and we have this on our flagship multi because it's our kind of it was our first product we launched. And so such a good case study for like the right way to do things because we're really pushing the industry forward. So it has USP verification, which less than 1% of supplement companies have, you know, they, they verify your, they test your product in several lots and, and make sure that what's actually on the label is in there, which seems pretty basic, but it's really important. <laughs> There's many others that I like, but I, I think that one is, is huge. So that's one third-party testing is really important. So that's also not required in the category. And so it's a really important thing to look for because I can't tell you how many, how many like hundreds of thousands of products I've had to, we've had to throw out because they don't meet our third-party testing requirements. So you, you could have a manufacturer that says, you know, this product passed <laughs> all the testing results, but you always want to verify it with a third-party and the lab that we like using, it's called Eurofins. Oh, we use Eurofins. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're great. It's it's just important. And and I and I think there's less of less of that happening. What else do I like? Um, and I think people should watch out for again, clinically studied, like, like what does that mean? Like find out from the company what when they say that, what does that mean? Do they have a clinical study or, or multivitamin for women 18 plus has a human clinical study with a major university? But on top of that, it's peer-reviewed and published. So there's like consensus amongst the science. Anyone can run a study, but when you publish it, it means something else. And we have a vision by 2030 to have clinical studies on every single one of our products because that is important. It's, it's a, it verifies the efficacy of the product. Well, you've done such an incredible job to really take a category and kind of turn it on its head and really take the next step where it is so shocking that supplements are so different than food. And we have so many regulations when it comes to food, but not on supplements, but really to make that change. But you've also done a phenomenal job of creating such a beautiful brand. So it hasn't just been about the product, but also I love just the gorgeous branding and the packaging, the actual capsules themselves. What was your thought kind of going into the design of everything? It was definitely a process, a very humbling process, I think, as you'll probably appreciate. 
I remember we just raised our first round of funding and I went to a, a well-known designer who designed a lot of incredible direct-to-consumer brands that were really successful and kind of like the result of the creative exercise. It looked kind of like Aesop, I would say, which is an amazing brand, yeah. but I didn't want us to be Aesop. I wanted us to be ritual and something different, you know, than was, was out there. And so I actually kind of wasted a lot of money. It was really humbling and embarrassing because I, I just didn't feel it in my soul that this was the right branding to create a household name and, and the vision that I had for ritual. And, and the vision was, how do you elevate a routine to a habit, to a ritual, ritual being the ultimate thing that you actually like look forward to every single day. And so I had to go to back to square one and, you know, you raise a kind of finite amount of money. And so like any, every penny counts. So that was not fun. And so we went, went back and I, and I worked with this incredible woman, this, this team of women, and they showed different directions of branding for ritual and, and. I think it was the first or maybe it was the second one. And it had this bright yellow. It was not anything I expected. I'd never seen anything like it. And it kind of made me smile. And it was an interesting moment because I kind of, it was an interesting moment for me to realize that like great creative or things like that are so deeply emotional. Mm-hmm. And now I know like when it feels like the right thing, it, it's, it's almost like an emotional reaction to that you tap into when, when you kind of, when everything clicks. And so it clicked for me. I was like, wow, this is amazing. There's elements of transparency, visual transparency and reflecting the transparency of the brand with the transparency of where ingredients were coming from. And also the science wasn't in your face. It was, it was so warm and we weren't trying to push science at people. We were trying to pull them in. And so all those elements kind of work together to create the beautiful brand that it is today. And I would say it hasn't like evolved, but it hasn't changed so much since day one. I think a lot of times people think it has to change all the time. And I, what's exciting to me is like, I still love what we've done since day one. Yeah. You know, when you get it right, you still love what it looks like. And certainly I think that transparency, like, I love that you say that because as a consumer, that that's certainly how I view it as that transparency versus that science-based in your face. Um, so we'd love to talk a little bit more about transparency of your ingredients and some of your impact initiatives and really where you see the brand going in the next couple of years, what that vision is. Definitely. The visual transparency is interesting because it speaks for a lot of the things that instead of shows, not tells some of the initiatives that we have in the core of the brand. And that's always like what I'd love to do is, is put less words on a paper marketing material, but actually like show things. Um, and I think that has a much more like profound impact on people. And that was always kind of the guiding principle of the brand and traceability, which is what we lead with traceability is our, is our mission made traceable is our mission that people deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. And it's, we call it transparency with receipts. And so what's interesting is like, that's not new. It's always been core to the brand. So since day one, you could see where the ingredients are. Our product is hundred percent made traceable. So you can actually see the final destination of manufacturing and the supplier behind each one of our ingredients on our site, which is like kind of groundbreaking, but not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work, but, uh, 
It's a lot of work to maintain. Very complicated. How many ingredient suppliers do you have at this oh point? Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't even, I don't know off the top of my head. Maybe, maybe like 50. Okay. I would say probably less than 50. There's a hand, there's a, we're just so close with, with almost all of them. I would say all of them. Yes. A little under 50. I'm trying to, I'm like, as you're talking, I'm trying to, <laughs> no one's ever asked me that. What's amazing about our ingredient suppliers though, is that we have deep relationships with almost all, of, well, with all of them to the point where they've actually invested in our human clinical studies that we oh, run. So cool. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool because we're actually marketing them on our site in, in a way. And, you know, during COVID, it was an interesting time where people were having a lot of supply chain issues and we could just directly call up our, you know, we're, we're like so close with all of our suppliers. We're in, in this category in particular, nobody's close to their, almost no one's close to their suppliers because they're just going through their contract manufacturers to make formulas. Um, and so this was a really unique benefit to having yeah. these close relationships. So our omega-3s are coming from Nova Scotia from microalgae instead of fish. We saved in 22, I think 700 million plus fish from being killed, which is so wild. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Our D3 is coming from lichen, wild harvested lichen instead of sheep's wool, which I didn't know in the beginning that D3 was coming from sheep's wool, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty gross. It's really gross. We use a D3 in our cereal, actually, that comes from algae. But, you know, at the beginning stages of it, someone was like, did you know that this is where it came from? It's not what you think it is. I think in many ways, we kind of like blew a lot of that up by by just, you know, putting all of our suppliers and ingredients on our site and people can can see that. And then they're demanding that from the rest of the industry in some way. And, you, you know, if we're showing that, like, why can't all the other companies do that as well? So that's been really exciting. And, and as far as our impact goals go, that was one of the three impact goals that we set now for impact goals that we set was to have 100% traceable ingredients. And so we we actually achieved that this year. Congratulations. That's huge. Yeah. Um, the other goal was to have 100% sustainable uh, packaging by 2025. And we're about 74% of the way there. But what's really cool is is 92% of our packaging is actually made from recycled materials, wow. which is pretty wild. So the bottles that, that you get that are those clear bottles are actually made from 100% post-consumer recycled materials. So we're reusing what's actually out there in the world versus creating creating new materials. And then the, the third goal that we laid out was by 2030 to be net zero, and which is really huge. And we actually just completed LCAs which are life cycle assessments on all of our products, all of our packaging. That's been really huge to kind of just understand the scope. We, we also have a very scientific approach when it comes to our impact on climate change as a science-based company. It's not arbitrary, which I think is really exciting. And then our fourth goal, which we just announced as well, so many goals, is to have clinical studies by on all of our products by 2030. And so we, we recently released our impact report, which goes kind of into detail on all those things, but it was our first impact report as an organization. And I'm just so proud of it. That's amazing. I am uh, so interested in hearing more about that. We are working right now on our first, we'll be working on our first life cycle assessment. And I think I read that you used Planet Forward. Is that right? So I'm excited to hear more about that. 
I'm working on a first impact report for next year. Yeah. Well, we should chat. And and Lindsay, who recently joined our team as our chief impact officer, she was the head of mission at Beauty Counter and she's running all things mission, impact, and and climate change for the organization and and helped um, put together the partnership with Planet Forward. So would love our teams to chat. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Since the beginning, Purely Elizabeth has been committed to the healing power of food. We believe there's a direct connection between the health of our farms and soil and the health of our food. That is why I'm so excited to announce our newest product launching. Our number one selling original ancient grain granola is now available in an 18 ounce value size made with regenerative organic certified coconut oil and coconut sugar. For those who are not familiar with regenerative agriculture, it focuses on improving soil health, which is known to help improve crop yields, biodiversity, carbon emissions, and water conservation. You can find our value size at your local Whole Foods market or on our website at purelyelizabeth.com. If you're interested in learning more about our sustainability journey and how it impacts the delicious food you enjoy, please visit purelyelizabeth.com journey. Enjoy. So as you think about the future and just like how far you've grown, certainly I'm sure this is a big impact is a big piece of how you think about success of the brand and what you've created. But I'm curious to hear other areas of how you think about like a successful company. Like, do you feel, because I feel like it's really hard to, you know, we're at the stage and to part of you enjoys it for a second and then you kind of forget where you, where you are. Just would love to hear a little bit about how that feels for you. I would say that success isn't totally linear and in, in starting a business. And in some ways, when you, when you do raise capital, like, and, and when I raised capital, it, I had certain goals for yearly goals, right. And revenue goals. And when you hit a few of the first ones, you're like super excited. And, and that's kind of what, what you thrive on. But that gets old. Yeah, like the first ones are like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's first 10 million or first 50 million, whatever. Um, and then you know, you hit a hundred million and whatnot. And it's kind of like not enough to keep you going and keep you excited. And then it becomes like you have to hit it <laughs> or you fail. <laughs> so it's 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 not that exciting, I would say. The financial portion is almost like you you have to hit the goals that you've laid out. And I think people are often people often ask you if you're like surprised or you're so proud of that. And I would say like, it's not, it's good. It's necessary, but it's not, um, it's not kind of what drives me at least. And I would say the thing that's been driving me a lot recently is one of our products is the prenatal vitamin. And now we have one of the leading prenatals in the U S um, number one or top three in, in various channels. Now we're across different channels. Um, but knowing that we've earned the trust or I've earned the trust of kind of this consumer that deeply cares about what they're putting in their body during this most vulnerable life stage is kind of what, what like fires me up and what I think success is in, in driving that product to be like, my goal is for that to be the number one, you know, number one prenatal in the U S and that's really exciting for me because it's not just personal wellness. It's like actually what someone's putting in their body during this life stage when they're carrying, you know, their child and their future child. And it's, it's really exciting. That's amazing. Congratulations. 
As you think about where you are in the business today, we when we got on the phone, we were recording this on a Friday and we we're like, oh yeah, it's Friday, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. So I'd love to hear how you, I don't even like the word balance, but how you balance everything in your life and any tips that you can share around that. Yeah, I would say like, I hate the conversation around having it all. It's so annoying <laughs> because no one has it all. No one ever will have it all. <laughs> and I would say like every day is slightly off balance. There's no real balance. When you when you start a company, you're like committing to being off balance, you know? Yeah. And you're just kind of like clawing your way to some sort of balance. <laughs> you know, like me, I've had three kids in the last seven years while starting the company. Oh. I know that I'm I'm like just committing to some sort of chaotic life. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't, I'm not surprised that my life is the way it is, but it's so like rewarding and rich and integrating what I'd love to do is just like kind of integrate my life and my work and my work and my life and my kids and my relationships kind of like all into one. And that's the way I want to live my life and, and, or there is even less balance. So that's been really important to me. And I, you know, there are definitely like non-negotiables, like my health is important and it's, it's taken me a while to realize that as, as I'm like trying to take care of the health of other people and my family and, and our consumers, like actually, you know, if you're at the core of that, you need to take care of your own health. And that's something that I've really prioritized the last couple of years. And I work out every day and do create some kind of structure around fueling my own health and well-being because then I can't take care of everyone else. So that's been really important. And then I think just like how I think about balance as well is everything's kind of out of balance, but you you can't be so hard on yourself. And I would say having kids, I feel guilty that I'm either not working hard enough or I'm not seeing my kids hard as much. And you're one or the other, you know, it's one or the other every single day. And I think one approach that I've that I've read about and I kind of wrote wrote about as well is just like picking three things. I think Randy Zuckerberg or someone wrote about it as well but picking kind of three things for the week. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to really, I'm going to really crush just spending time with my kids and working really hard and my health. I'm not going to have time for my husband or friends or any other family or anything else if I'm doing that. But you really, I think at a given time, like you can really only do well with the maximum of three things. And then, you know, the next week changes and the next week, you know, maybe you don't see your kids as much or you don't work as hard, but you see some friends and, and, and see your, your, your spouse or partner or whoever. And so like that just kind of creating a little bit more structure and less guilt is something I've leaned into a lot. I love that. I used to make like a long to-do list for the day. And now I just write like a very short to-do list of the things that like I know I have to get done and that I'm not setting myself up for failure. It's like, let's just keep it simplified to like three or four things, cross them off and feel good. Oh, nothing feels better than that. <laughs> so going into what you're doing for your health personally, I'd love to hear what you do in a day, maybe starting with morning routine, if you have a night routine or anything that really sets you up for success? Uh, I feel like people always get in trouble for these conversations because, <laughs> you know, it's depending on what you say. It's not. Anyways, I'll start. I'll start. Mine's, mine's not, not that interesting. Like 
some of the recent ones that have taken off on TikTok. But um, (laughs) I would say I start every day with a glass of water. I try to drink a lot of water when I wake up. That's usually the time when I'm making breakfast for my kids. And I try to give my body at least, I don't, I don't subscribe to intermittent fasting because for my body, it's not sustainable, but I try to give my body at least like 12 hours of rest in between the last meal and my, and my morning. So like, as long as I can have like water, as long as I can, I'll hold out. Um, and there's science behind it. You know, I don't believe in like that, but I don't know. It's a whole thing, but I start with water while I'm, and I make my kids breakfast every morning. And usually I prep something overnight. I'm really into sourdough. And so I make things like sourdough crepes or sourdough cakes. And part of the reason I like it is because it's really healthy, but the other part is it's so easy. So I pre (laughs) I do it overnight. And then I literally just the spatula, put it on, on the stove and, and make my daughter her crepes. And it's so just like two ingredients, you know? very simple. And I love einkorn flour for those. It's one of my favorite flours. It's higher in protein and, and people are a little bit more tolerant to the gluten in there because of the type of wheat it is. And so, but that's not me. <laughs> I'm not eating those. <laughs> those go by really fast. Those are get eaten very quickly in my house. Um, and then I'll make myself a matcha. And I actually just learned a little matcha hack. What's that? It took me only took me like 20 years to figure it out. So I used to like whisk and I still see people like whisking their matcha with water. And I recently stayed at a friend's house and she has one of those deep frothers where, you know, you put the almond milk in and it kind of froths around. And so she said, oh, you know, you don't actually need to be whisking. You can actually put the powder into that, into the frother machine. And I tried it and it got so frothy and like delicious. And I just poured a little bit more like boiling hot water at the end. And it's literally saved me, I don't know, a minute of my morning, which is, I would say is worth it. I'll I'll add some adaptogens or other things to it as well, depending on how I'm feeling. What's your Uh, favorite matcha? I like jade matcha. And I think matcha is really, and I like matcha full. I like those two brands because I think traceability in that space is important as well. Again, a lot of those, those, and I always make sure it's organic and ceremonial grade, but it is important how the matcha has grown. And is again, like in this, in, in, in both of our industries and in food and, you know, wellness is just like, things are just so high concentrated. You really have to be careful. And it's why like, I'm kind of this obsession with heavy metals and other things as well. Cause you, it's not just like eating a cucumber. It's like literally immense concentration of things in, in one spoonful. So yeah, so those are two. Do you have a favorite? I I'm not that big of like a morning matcha or or a coffee drinker for that matter, but I do like Chroma. If you've had their matcha, it's it, it's a blend. It has collagen and maca and some other and maybe some mushrooms in it. Nice, yeah. yeah. I, I that brand. Uh, I think the founder's awesome, Lisa. I think yeah, is. Lisa. Yeah, she started yeah. beaming. She's great. I used to love beaming. I remember they had a postpartum shake. I used to, I was like, wow, they understand me so well. <laughs> and really good chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> oh, they were so good. Oh yeah, those were the best. I was so bummed when they, when they, they shut down those, that space. I like still dream about those cookies. <laughs> me too. Like I need the recipe. But yeah, I, I, I like, I can't have collagen because I am vegan. I have lots of thoughts about that industry, but the collagen industry, I know 
from an environmental perspective. But anyways, yeah. So I guess the rest of my, I'm like, wow, my day is really complicated. We've only gotten to like (laughs) 6 (laughs) a.m. I would say the other part of my, so I, I take my kids to school and then I work out and I, I like to mix up my workouts, everything from strength training to reformer Pilates, to hot yoga, to cardio and I'm just such a happier and better person after working out. And I feel like as the company scaled, my job has become a lot more like decision-making. <laughs> like I can't make good decisions if I haven't worked out, honestly. Yeah. So that it plays a really big role in like kind of mental clarity and, and intuition, I would say. And yeah, and then I, and I start my day and, and sometimes we come, I come into the office, but most days I'm, I'm just working from the house and everything from board meetings to product development meetings to creative meetings. We have so many, we have 130 plus people in the company now and everything from designers to scientists to to engineers. So it's never a dull, never a dull moment. And more recently we launched in, in Whole Foods nationwide and Target nationwide. So it's a lot of new challenges. And then for lunch, I kind of just like simplify everything and, and I've been really into pre-making things <laughs> so I can just grab them. I'm not really into like ordering food. I don't, I'm not really into like takeout and stuff. Um, I'm, I almost feel like sometimes that takes more time than like a two minute prep for something. And it's never as good as your own creation. I feel like. Yeah. It's never as good. It's super expensive. There's way too much packaging in the packet. Like once once you don't order out for a long time and then you order something because you have to, you know, you realize just how much packaging goes into to it and just like how wasteful it is. And that drives me crazy. But one thing that I've loved doing making for the whole week is, is um, it's, it's like a cauliflower tabbouleh salad where you just like chop up cauliflower scallions and parsley really finely and put lemon juice. That sounds so good. It stays really well for a whole week. And then you just put a little protein on top of it or, you know, it takes like a minute um, for the rest of the week. And I literally could eat it every day. And then I drink like broths or soups on top of that. And pretty simple, I think. I don't know, maybe that's simple or maybe that's complicated. Um, (laughs) My mom's also a macrobiotic chef. So I I, I eat like a hybrid of macrobiotic and, and, and plant-based and I try not to, to snack except for, I have our protein shake. So we make a protein. So that actually took me, took me so many years to realize like how satiated I felt after I got enough protein. I feel like I'm just realizing that now. Yeah. Like why didn't any, like, why did I feel like my husband has known that for you? (laughs) Why why was he hiding that from me? I feel like the wellness world hasn't like known that, you know? Yeah. Or it's just been proteins, just been a different conversation, I guess. But I had your protein this morning in my chia pudding and I was very satiated for hours. Yeah. And it's, it's like amazing when you're just trying to juggle so many things to not be snacking all the time. And yeah, and I, I love our protein a lot because it's sugar-free and but it doesn't taste like it's sugar-free. <laughs> yeah. It was delicious. Well, I have actually been mixing it with chia as well. And it's like, you got with the chia, you got a lot of fiber and, and protein. So it's a good satiety hack. So that's like my go-to snack. I just feel so good. It has choline in it too, which is really good for brain health. Um, and then dinner, like I, I love making food for my, my kids. I, that's the time I kind of like 
really just focus on them and spend time with them and while I'm like cooking and, and spending time with them a couple of days a week. I mean, I spend time with them every day, but when I really deeply spend time with them is when I'm cooking as well. So that's kind of, I would say the day. Um, and then I, I take a lot of supplements, obviously <laughs> it would be weird if I didn't. And I'm currently taking our new product, which is Hyacera, which is our skin health supplement for hydration and the reduction of fine lines and wrinkles. I'm also taking our symbiotic plus, which is a pre pro postbiotic. I'm kind of, I'm always in and out of the prenatal or the postnatal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a, it's like too much information usually. So I'm like, I can't tell you what I'm taking. Which one I'm on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm always, I think just having a lot of children, I always, in one one phase or the other and the protein and it's that's kind of my go-to i've i've more recently we don't have a ashwagandha product but i'm i'm kind of like testing that ingredient out more recently as it's gotten more studies behind it and and i definitely feel like it's quite effective what do you find it most effective in what way for what I would say like something I've been learning a lot about, and I'm not an expert in this category yet, but I'm very interested in it is just kind of understanding like cortisol levels over, over your day. And what I've been reading about and speaking to our scientists about is just how they kind of peak in the morning Mm -hmm. um, and then they kind of go, go down overnight. And so one thing that I've been testing out is, is taking ashwagandha in the morning and also at night um, and trying to see if it impacts kind of my stress levels. I would say it's very subtle, but I'm testing out different forms right now. And I think it's a very interesting ingredient. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever tried it? Yeah, for sure. So it's something I'm interested in and I'm, and I'm sure at some point um, that's a category I'd love for us to go into. More to come. We actually had Many years ago, we had a granola that had ashwagandha in it. It was, unfortunately, it was too ahead of its time and we discontinued it because it did not sell well. But we had one with ashwagandha and one with reishi, um, which has been an interesting learning about being just too ahead of a curve. I bet if you would put it out now, it would crush it. Yeah, totally. Because the morning is a really good time to to like consume that, right? Yeah, yeah, it it would be perfect. Yeah, it's, I wonder how it tasted because it smells pretty bad. <laughs> so it was actually in a pumpkin spice was the flavor. So the spice covered it up well. Uh, I wish I could order some batches from you. <laughs> All right, we're going to move into some rapid fire Q&A. What's the best advice you've received that's helped your business? The best advice has become one of our values, which is embracing the no's. If something, if someone says no, it just means it hasn't been done before. And that's become a really big part of my ethos because I, you know, you start a company as a female founder and, and everyone tells you no about everything, especially breaking into a new industry. And, and I kind of use that as fuel. I'm like, oh, no, like we're not giving you investment money. This is a niche industry or no, we're not investing in you because you're pregnant and <laughs> you want to start a family and a business. That's wild. Um, I want to prove people wrong. And, and I, I think some people are driven by yeses or nos and, and I'm just really driven by nos these days. Like that. 
three random things that you're currently loving could be product, TV show, anything. I'm really loving Hyacera, which is our skincare product. Like just the idea that you can ingest a lower molecular weight hyaluronic acid gets me excited. And I'm definitely seeing the benefits of that. Um, I think that category of ingestible skincare is, is going to blow up and I'm excited for us to, to be part of that. Uh, what else do I love? I love, my husband always makes fun of me that I'm always using like, like, he's like, is this normal? How many things you put on your face or how many devices you use at night? And like, he's like, it's so weird. <laughs> so I've just been really experimenting as, as we've gotten in more into the skincare space at Ritual, I've, I've just been experimenting with a lot of stuff and I feel like it, you know, it actually has been highly effective for me personally, um, whether it's new face or solo wave or any of the led stuff and the red light stuff. And I mean, I definitely see it different. So I've been, I've been messing around with that. <laughs> fun. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, what else am I obsessed with? I've been really enjoying, I love Allie Wong. She was like part of very exciting part of the inception of the business or like when I was watching her Netflix special of just like telling it how it is around pregnancy and postpartum, she was kind of the first person I saw like really be raw and real about that, that stage that no one talks about. And so I've just been watching her new, by the way, she wasn't involved in ritual in any way. She just inspired me. <laughs> that would be super cool if you're listening, Allie. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I've been watching her. I mean, I'm just such a big fan. So I've been watching her, her Netflix uh, show Beef. In, and I think it's a really interesting show around for all the founders listening. Like it's a, it's, she's a founder of a plant, like, you know, a plant company, like flowers and stuff. And it's just funny because she sheds light a lot of like founder issues and she's just like angry all the time about everything. And, <laughs> and it's just like this culmination of post COVID anger that I think the world is feeling or just like dysregulation and founderness that has been really entertaining to observe. It's really extreme. And I'm like, I can't fully relate to it, but it's like elements of it. And I'm like, this is my guilty pleasure right now. Oh, I'll have to check it out. It's really interesting. <laughs> Favorite ritual moment. Hmm. This is a recent one, but launching Target was pretty exciting. And it's like you build this G2C brand, nine figures, you know, successful business, but then you see your product like on a shelf and it hasn't taken off, <laughs> you know, it's like the first day, but there is this kind of surreal moment of seeing something in real life after being an online business. It's almost like online is imaginary, even yeah. though <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, oh, wow, we're a real company. Now we're in all stores <laughs> Target, you know, get yours today. <laughs> but it is, it was, it was a surreal moment. And I think the team was just, it was really cool to see the energy from our customers and the team and, and so I don't know, creating a more accessible brand. I still feel like seeing our product on the shelf every time is like, yes, it's there. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't get old. No. Favorite words to live by. Hmm. What is that? There's this book that it's um it's something like care care deeply, challenge directly. And there's this book that I read. I think her name is 
Kimmy Scott or something like that. And she's an ex Google executive and it just had a really big impact on how I think about relationships, whether they're, you know, people that I work with at ritual or even just the relationships that I have personally. And it's like, just being able to deeply connect with people, but then also tell them the truth and tell them how it really is, is such an art. Mm -hmm. And when you stir that, it's like very essential because you could either not avoid the truth and avoid those hard conversations and sugarcoat things, or you can be like super aggressive and and on, on things that people aren't doing well or they are doing well. But when you like care deeply and you challenge directly, is really like the holy grail to I think successful relationships and work and life and both of them. I love that. And lastly, what's your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? I would say having fun. It's like, it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> I think we've made wellness so like expensive and, unex- you know, not accessible and everyone feel bad about everything. Like you see those TikTok videos of someone going through the supermarket and like, they're like, these are the foods you should avoid. And this is the oil you should throw out. And it's like, all of a sudden everything is that you're like scared to live your life. And, and that's, that's really not healthy. And I, and I, I don't subscribe to that. And I think just being kind of balanced and really like enjoying everything that you do. And, you know, sometimes you don't have it perfect. And sometimes I think that's been non-negotiable for me, especially as the company is scaled now that that we have over a hundred people on the team and we're, there's new challenges. It's like, I want to be surrounded by people that I'm having fun with as well. Life's too short. And, and that goes with like wellness things too. I'm not going to do something that's miserable just because it's going to improve my health. <laughs> it's like everything has to be fun and tasty and and, and enjoyable. And, and if that also means like taking off work to see my kids play, I'm, I'm going to do that hundred percent of the time. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, Kat, thank you so much for coming on the podcast in closing. Is there anything else? What's next for you? Oh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> I that with a deep sigh. No, yeah. But yeah, there, there's so much for us. Uh, we're, we're, and if this is a really exciting year because we've just became an omni-channel brand. And so it's been really exciting to see our products go live and all the stores and Whole Foods and all the stores and Target and Amazon. And just feels like the company is just totally sprouting. Um, so I'm focused on on, on that and, and making those channels a success, which I know they will be. And, and really just launching new products that our customers really want from us, which is super exciting. <laughs> And, and, you know, balancing motherhood with all that, which is fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was so nice to meet you. You as well. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.